here we go. Live from the White Call Hard Seltzer Studios, it's overtime on a Wednesday night with William Patterson and Dawson Wise. Thank you so much for joining us. On today's show, we'll talk about Tennessee heading to Starkville. We'll talk about the Seahawks parting ways with Pete Carroll. But we begin today's episode with an absolute bombshell that dropped about 45 minutes ago. Uh, Nick Saban, Alabama head football coach, has ended his iconic football career at Alabama as he has announced his retirement. And uh, this is just shocking. Uh, I mean, I, Dawson, I mean, we, we walked in here about, I guess, 20 minutes ago and we were, you know, planning all day to have this show and then kind of have to scrap everything when something like this drops. Your initial reactions to this? Uh, stunned. I mean, you know, you didn't think this day was coming, at least not any time soon, right? Uh, you know, all I've ever known as a person after born after 2000 is Nick Saban football. I mean, yeah. it's at Alabama, the dominance is well noted at this point. Uh, and for me, I, I think... Uh, the drives Tucker Harlan put it the best way. He he tweeted right after the news broke and called it an ultimate "Where were you when blank" moment, uh, and that's I feel like that's going to be what this is, right? I mean, yeah. uh, he's been as dominant as anyone, and now I mean this this is the biggest coaching search in co- probably college football history. I would say at least in recent college football history for sure. Most definitely, you have to replace him now, and the question becomes who, if anyone, can fill those shoes. Yeah, this is just, I mean, shocking. So he's retiring at age 72, uh, won seven national titles, six with the Tide. And over the last, you know, 10, 15, 20 years, you know, when you're playing Alabama, it's you're playing Bama because of Nick Saban. And when you look at Nick Saban's time in, in, in college football, it's historic. And... You know, it's truly a sad day in college football that he's now retiring. Now, I know if you're an opponent of Alabama and Nick Saban, you're uh, probably celebrating. But from a college football fan perspective like I am, like you are, and like many people are, it's a sad day um, because he's going to leave Alabama with an untouchable resume and memories that will last for a lifetime in college football. And Alabama's dominance has been a product of Nick Saban and his coaching and the way he goes about himself. And I mean, some people might not like him because he wins a lot, and, and that's just how it works. But uh, you'll, you'll never question his greatness. I mean, I said before we even came in here that playing Alabama is no longer going to feel the same. No, it, yeah. It's going to feel a little bit more empty. Now, you, you wanted to beat Nick Saban because you wanted to beat the best. And now when you, you go down to Tuscaloosa to play games there – it's just not – I'm not saying it's not going to be as intimidating. I guarantee they will continue to be a good college football system. But, man, just without him there, it's it's a titan of the sport. Yeah, so he joined uh, Alabama in 2007. But before that, Saban served as the head coach for the Miami Dolphins from 2005 to 06. Uh, he was also with LSU for four years, Michigan State for a little bit, and Toledo. Uh, he has a 292-71-1 record at the collegiate level. That's, uh, that's a lot of wins. <laughs> and uh, one – 11 SEC titles, two at LSU, nine at Alabama, and made bowl appearances every year with both of those programs. Uh, was inducted into the Alabama Sports Hall of Fame in 2013. Five-time SEC Coach of the Year, a two-time Walter Camp Coach of the Year. Um, just the resume. It, 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 we could be up here all afternoon talking about this resume, and it, it's, a, it's a bombshell. There's no way around it when I got the notification. I was like, is this a is this a prank? You know, sometimes you see on Twitter it'll be like a Adrian Wojnarowski, but it'll have like a a fake letter or like a zero instead of an O. Well, um, well and for me, the other thing was Chris Lowe was the first one I saw reported yes, from ESPN, yes. and with with X Twitter the way it is now, without showing the check marks for yes. some of these guys, I saw <laughs> yes. CeeLo ESPN and was like, well, is that really him? And then once on three picked it up, obviously, you know, yeah. it, it became a little bit more real. But no, uh, yeah, I had to do the same thing. I had to do a double take. Yeah, the uh, the world we live in now, where something's tweeted out, we don't know if it's legit or not. But uh, Chris Lowe from ESPN broke the news that Saban will be retiring. Um, obviously, this is going to send Alabama into a uh, coaching search that really, if we're being honest here, might not be that, uh, I guess, that wanted of a job because this is a tough, this is a tough situation to come into. Now, I get the perspective of okay, coming in Alabama, a great program. Everyone wants to be the coach of Alabama, but who wants to follow up 
Nick Saban's act, right? Because now the bar has been set so high that if you come in there and you know go nine and three next year, are you on the hot seat the next year? I mean, it's it's a it's a reality that whoever takes that job is going to have to live in. Well, and the recruiting as well. I mean, what yeah. a recruiter that Nick Saban and his staff have been, the staff that he continues to build year in, year out. As, as his assistants go and he brings in new people, he just seems to always have the recruiting momentum. And that's going to be the biggest thing is if you can keep the classes coming in on the same level or close to the same level as Nick Saban, you will continue to find success. The problem is how much success is enough for, yeah. for fans that have come to expect. I mean, seven titles in what we say about 15 years at Alabama yes. is one every two years. I mean, so you're coming into a very high standard recruiting-wise, playing-wise. Uh, I, there's not many names that I think want to try to match that act. Yeah, this is actually the first year under Saban where Alabama has gone three consecutive seasons without winning a national championship. He'd always at least in a two-year window won one. And, and it's crazy. Also, 11 SEC titles. That means he's basically there every other year, if not uh, winning it every other year. And uh, 865-546-8200, your number if you want to hop in here and talk Nick Saban, this bombshell of an announcement. Um, let's talk about what's next for Alabama really quickly. Um, obviously, Oregon head coach Dan Lanning has been a name that's been thrown around. Uh, Texas coach Steve Starkeesian, Clemson coach Dabo Sweeney, uh, Washington's coach Kalen DeBoer, and even maybe Florida State's coach Mike Norvell, all a couple names that could possibly fill the shoes of this uh, very big job at Alabama. To me, I think Dan Lanning is the home run hire out of all of these guys. Uh, Lanning hasn't been in Oregon too long, so it's not like he's leaving some big legacy he's already built. Uh, Lanning's had a lot of success there so far. I mean, uh, turned that program uh, right back on track after uh, Mario Cristobal left, was in the Pac-12 championship game this year. Very well could have been in the playoff if they had won that game. Uh, Lanning's young. He's really smart, good coach. Um, he's aggressive. I, I like him. He's an offensive mind. Um, I, I think that'd be Alabama's home run hire. And the only reason why I push back on a guy like Dabo Sweeney is because look how Sweeney's done over the last four to five years with Clemson with the the introduction of the NIL and transfer portal. He's kind of dropped the ball on that. And if I'm Alabama, I look at that and say, okay, Clemson might not be as big of a program as Alabama, but if you're dropping the ball where you've had a lot of success over the last 10 years at Clemson, then are you going to do the same here? And that doesn't necessarily mean he wouldn't be successful there. But if I'm also Sweeney, I don't know if I want to go to the SEC, where I've got to play now Texas, Oklahoma, uh, you know, Florida, Tennessee, um, you, you, Georgia, you name it. In the ACC, you really only have to beat Florida State if they're on and Miami if they ever come back. And it's a lot easier path to get to where you want to be. Uh, so to me, I think Dan Lanning's a home run hire, and I think he would be the best option and most willing to do that. What do you say? Yeah, Lanning's the best option. I think uh, you know I had said for a long time I thought it was going to be Dabo Sweeney just because of his history there, yeah. especially uh, the connections that he has. Um, now Lanning, some success. You want to go hire a guy that's going to continue to recruit well. He's done that at Oregon. I mean, look at the transfer portal class they yeah. have coming in this year as well uh, for him and. That, granted, I said Dabo Swinney before Lanning took the Oregon job, so now that Lanning has done that, I think he's probably the right hire, but they're probably going to have their choice. I mean, yeah. you could probably go out and ask just about anybody uh, in college football. Heck, you could even probably get somebody to come down from the pros if you really wanted to to take that job yeah. just because of the prestige behind it. Yeah. I, I don't I don't know the – see, I, I heard a couple people earlier talking maybe a, an NFL guy coming down, but um, you know, I, who would that guy be? Um, I, I saw some cornball on Twitter say Bill Belichick. I, I, that'd be beyond me if that happened. Um, I, I think they'll try and stay in the college football world because as much as it's changed over the last couple of years, if you've already got a guy that's been a part of that, um, doesn't really have to adjust to the, the transfer portal and NIL. And basically recruiting now is a, a lot bigger process than just getting your high school guys. So um, to get a guy that's already had that experience, I think would be a good uh, good call. 865-546-8200, your number if you want to hop in here. We got someone on the line? No. No, we currently. don't. Okay, yeah, okay. Open. Okay, never mind, never mind. 865-546-8200, hop in here. And let's uh, just, wow, just <laughs> talk about this Nick Saban deal. Um, your favorite memory of Saban's time at Alabama? 
Well, obviously not going to pick anything where Alabama, you know, defeated Tennessee. Sure. The obvious choice is going to be last year's Alabama game, right? Yeah. Defeating Nick Saban for the first time that I can remember in my yeah. lifetime. Um, I mean, you had some memorable moments over the years for him. You know, some games that, that I'll go back and watch. The national championship game, Devontae Smith catching the, the game winner over Georgia in Atlanta. I think yeah. that was probably my most memorable that I'll remember for a really long time. Yeah. So, growing up. Uh, you know, Saban was kind of really just starting his time in Alabama when I was um, coming to age and, and starting to really grasp the the uh, the idea of college football. And I grew up a a big Florida fan, so obviously Florida would play Alabama a good bit in the SEC championship games, and that was always a rivalry. And um, I, I just remember the twenty two thousand eight SEC championship game. Where obviously, it's uh, where you know Tim Tebow's crying on the sideline, but also that national championship game is really the first one where they played Texas and Colt McCoy in that Rose Bowl game. That was really one of the first times I really like grasped a, a a national championship from Nick Saban and really got to experience that. And then you went on and you had the the rematch in the in the uh, national championship. I think 2011 it was LSU and Alabama. You obviously had the the Orange Bowl National Championship when they played Notre Dame and beat them to a pulp. Um, just so many just great memories. Polarize, and the Rat Poison interview, um, he's just he's such a polarizing figure, and I, I tweeted it out earlier. Um, it, it's a sad day. It really is, and, and it's, it's for from the perspective of a college football fan. As a, as a Tennessee fan, yeah, that, that's very <laughs> nice news to hear. Um, but it's a sad day because he has left an untouchable resume and memories that will last for a lifetime for any fan that grew up watching college football during this time. And, um, uh, you know, whether you are against him or rooting for him, you'll never doubt his greatness. And he has left an untouchable resume. Let's head to the phones with Patrick on the line. What's up, Patrick? Hey, guys. What do you say? Man, what a uh, what an, a last hour. Uh, a huge bombshell dropped in on Twitter with Nick Saban heading, uh, retiring, that is. And uh, it just, what a, what an hour. <laughs> well, there's there's no ho-ho-ho in my voice because as much as we despise Saban, he, he's the greatest of, of my 54-year lifetime, possibly the greatest college football coach in history. Without a doubt. Now, it'll be interesting to see who they – I was just talking to my father who, who lives in Knoxville, and, you know, his his first statement was they've already got the person tabs for the next coach. They have to. Yeah. They, they would not be – they would not put this out unless they were prepared, I think, to quickly – um, present the new head coach, and you know, who do you go after? Who do you, I mean? I, I said off the cuff, I'd I'd go after Kiffin. Uh, yeah, I mean, and and he would dominate at Alabama. Yeah, I mean that's definitely a job that he's probably wanted ever since he was under Saban and came back uh, to to coach under Saban again. Um, I know Brent McMurphy uh, tweeted out that the at the moment. Dan Lanning from Oregon is supposed to be uh, the expected top target. Now, I don't know if that comes with any uh, preconceived notions or leaks of who they have already kind of started contacting, uh, but Dan Lanning seems to be at the top of the board at the moment. But you bring up Kiffin, and I actually didn't even bring him up a second ago. Um, you know, Kiffin has done a really good job at Ole Miss, which is a tough place to win. And, uh, you know, if you're having success at Ole Miss, having them in New Year's Six Bowls and winning New Year's Six Bowls against uh, very prominent and historic programs like Penn State, then if you go to, uh, go to Alabama, then you could probably replicate that success. And, um, you know, I, I think that's always been Kiffin's dream job. He was always uh, one of Saban's kind of protégés. And I think if he was offered that job, he would most definitely take it. Um, so I think Kiffin would be definitely on the radar there. And I think you know, looking at, at Lanning, I, hey, let him let him hire Lanning. Yeah, <laughs> the guy's a three-year West Coast 
coach. He, he looks like he coached at um, <laughs> Georgia for several years. Yeah, but that 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 would that would give that that would not, in my mind, be be the splash that that Alabama would be looking for. But here's the thing, guys on on coaching hires, it's 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 a crapshoot. If if you look back, you know Tennessee gets a lot of grief for the the years of misery which were occasioned by very bad coaching hires. Kev Kiffin wasn't a bad hire. No. He was young. Yep. I mean it was a it was a questionable hire because of his age. But look at Alabama when Stallings was forced to retire. He had won a national championship at Alabama mm-hmm. and then two years later was promptly shown the door and they went through their own wilderness for 10 or 11 years uh, until they finally ponied up and said, we're not going to hire anything other than a known success. Yeah. And even in the bet, even Alabama went through the, now Tennessee went through a much longer wilderness, but, but this is not this. This is not easy. I mean, this could be, and especially given what what is going on in college football today. You know, they they say it here in Atlanta that that Blank is coming after Kirby Smart for the Atlanta job with a vengeance. Mm-hmm. And and if you look at it, what what why would if if you're going to make more money in the NFL? And you not only have to recruit players in college, but now you have to re- recruit portal players. Keep your recruited players. You don't have binding contracts any longer than, say, a year at most. You know, sure. these guys aren't even spending a year at their universities mm-hmm. unless they go to a bowl game. So, I mean, this this is not going to be. This will be interesting to see. I'm, I'm, uh, I, I hate uh, that 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 Saban's retiring because I think that that Heifel would have had something for him next year yeah. with with Nico. Uh, but at least, you know, if I do count Heifel's first year as part of his record, but, but you know, it's a shambles of a program. Uh, but he did beat Saban one out of three times. Yeah. And one out of two when he, when he was really on better footing. Right. Yeah. So, Guys, I'll, I'll hang up and listen. I appreciate it, guys. Patrick, thank you so much for calling in. Yeah, you know, he makes a, a good point talking about um, how coaching hires aren't as easy as it may seem, and we've seen it a lot at, at Tennessee. You know, uh, you think you have the guy, and it turns out not being him. I mean, you had Kiffin, you had Dooley, and, and Butch Jones, and, and Jeremy Pruitt, and and it, it takes time, and, and many people – think that Heupel is now the guy and and but even if he is the guy that is a a long you know 10 12 13 year process of trying to find the next guy and I'm not necessarily saying that's going to what going to be the case for Alabama but as Patrick alludes to you know it's not cut and dry of okay you hire a guy and he's going to have instant success and you're going to be right back on track of where you were with your previous coach um so yeah I, I think it's a very um interesting situation for Alabama and he now he also brings up uh, uh Kirby Smart and the NFL and to me I think Kirby stays at, at at Georgia because it's his team he recruits his players and he's kind of the GM and the owner all in one right but if you go to the NFL you've got to report to a lot of other people and it's not necessarily your team it's the team you're handed so I think Smart likes the situation he's in now, and I think a lot of college coaches do, um, because it's your team, it's the players you bring in, you have the say on what goes on, and uh, even though it's gotten more complicated with the transfer portal and IL and having guys basically on one-year contracts, like Patrick said, um, I, I still think it's a a better process if a if a coach wants to have his own team because the NFL. Uh, you could be handed a, a bag of of trash and be like, "Hey, this is your team now." You know. Well, well, in Atlanta, you're 
I mean, that's you're not being handed a bag of trash, but you're being handed a, yes. a group of players that is already predetermined. Yes, you know, Kirby yes. Smart did not would not be picking Bijan Robinson, Drake no. London, or any of those guys. So. I agree. I don't think he should leave him. What a system they've got down there at Georgia. There's no reason he should be even considering going anywhere. No. Yeah. So uh, 865-546-8200, your number if you want to hop in here. Um, we got Connor on the line. Connor, what's up? How you doing, fellas? I heard one of you say that this was a sad day. Did I not? <laughs> that was me. Yes, I did. <laughs> Well, I tell you what, man, he's got quite the body of work, and I'll, I'll tell you the, the the as a guy in his mid twenties, when I gained respect for Saban, you know, when he truly kind of took over to me, if we're talking favorite memories, sure, I would say that that um, I can't remember what year it was, but that year that he played Notre Dame in the national title, and just like there was all that talk leading up to it all week about like you know who's going to win, who's going to be more impressive, can Notre Dame handle it. He just goes out and absolutely takes care of business. Yeah, you know, does exactly what he needs to, and, and just kills him. I, I think that's when it really took over his. That this guy was really cream of the crop. But even after he had won all those previous titles, I think that's what really did it. And that's, you know, as much as I hate the guy, I not, trust me, I really hate the guy. <laughs> <laughs> You gain a certain amount of respect for him as you grow up, I think, at least from my point of view, because he turned from being that Darth Sidious figure kind of when I was younger to Mm -hmm. more of a – you start to look at how he manages things and how he managed things throughout the year, how he set that team up. And I know it's freaking Alabama. Believe me, I hate him. The way he ran the ship was just so admirable, man. Yeah. Top to bottom, like, if you're looking at it from a purely impartial third-party view, like, that guy knew what he was doing. Yeah. Hand over fist. Yeah. Uh, Saban, to me, and I know, as I said in the opening monologue, that it's a sad day, but it's more from the perspective of just what he means to college football. And um, obviously, we're all Tennessee people here, and um, have to having to face Nick Saban each year is a, a, a tough battle. But um, I, I think you hit the hammer on the nail there. I, I think just the way he went about himself and the way he carried his teams in the a professional way – and I, he's just he's an all-time great there's no way around it an all-time greats have those great teams have those great moments have those great teams and national championships and and he fits the bill on all of that he has an untouchable resume and uh you know when it, when it's all said and done and if that's today if today's his last day coaching then uh i don't think there's any coach better at the college football level than saban and uh he will be severely missed oh uh, to 100 percent it's kind of a change of an era thing with that being said now in terms of people to replace the guy yeah we you know i'm sure every single one of you has had the conversation periodically throughout the years that you know who's going to replace save and shoot i was talking about it on saturday with a buddy of mine yeah like in my opinion i don't know how touchable this job is right now because like do you ever really want to be the person that follows up something like that like meaning like with all that he's won like you got multiple people, probably my age and younger, who have know nothing but more than like 10, 11 win seasons, right? Like, yeah. Like, do you want to follow that? Yeah. Like, that, that, that is a question in itself that, like, can you go in and match that immediately? Because the second they drop an eight and four season, like, that fan base is going to go apoplectic. Like, yeah. I don't think they're used to that at all. And that's what I also brought up earlier was, you know, yes, the Alabama head coaching job is a really good job, but it's also one that I don't necessarily know if I would want, and I don't necessarily know if a lot of coaches would want because of what you have to follow up. Um, you know, if you go 9-3 and three next year, then you could very well be on the hot seat. And in a lot of places, 9-3 and three is a serviceable year. And, you know, as a new coach coming in there, having to kind of piece together your whole lineup and whole roster very quickly because this decision is coming, you know, at the end of the transfer portal date and at the end of high school recruiting, um, at least in that first wave, this, this, it's a tough, tough job to come into. So I, I totally agree with you there. And I think the, the job is a great one just because of the name and the program. But the act you've got to follow up is something that I don't know a lot of coaches want to do, and I think that's also a little bit of a pressure on who has to make this hire of getting the right guy to make sure that that cliff 
uh, of the expectations they have set over the last 10, 15 years doesn't just dramatically drop off with the next guy. Yeah, yeah, I agree. And they got the same athletic director, right? It's that uh, uh, Byrne, the guy that brought him on yes, to the, uh, the plane yeah. originally. Yeah. Correct, guy. correct. Yeah, he's got a tall order in front of himself. If I was them, I'd look at somebody like, from what I'm hearing on their message boards, it looks like Dan Lanning's yeah. leader in the clubhouse. Yeah. I don't know if – I know they they want Kiffin. I don't know if they can get Kiffin because I don't think Kiffin saw this coming. No. I highly doubt he was consulted outside of this. No. And given what he's done with Ole Miss so far, I, I don't really see that happening. Uh I'll tell you what, it'd be super funny if Harbaugh went to Alabama. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know if uh, he would even be able to do all that with all that NCAA stuff going on. I, I think his time, I think he's just ready to head to the NFL and get out of all this college mess. But, uh, Connor, thank you so much for calling in. we got to hit a quick yeah, break. Yeah, have a good one. Um, 865-546-8200, your number if you want to hop in. We're about to hit a break. We'll be right back, breaking down Nick Saban's retirement. Ever been the coach who realized the team's gear just wasn't up to par? Well, if I'm being honest, that was me. Just a downright irresponsible and plain bad coach. Then, SM Athletics changed the game. I want you to picture this. I walk into their store, a coach with a vision. SM Athletics didn't just see a coach. They saw a team's potential. And they delivered custom uniforms so striking. Our team's spirit soared. From cutting-edge apparel to top-notch equipment, SM Athletics transformed our presence. No more unreliable online orders or envying the other team's style. SM Athletics stands for quality, design, and on-time delivery every time. Coaches, elevate your team with SM Athletics. Call 865. 966-3434 or visit smathletics.com. Get the best for your team. Delivered right and on time. So, elevate your team's game by contacting SM Athletics today. Life is more fun with a Good Life checking account offering extra benefits including bank travel. Join us for a trip to Mackinac Island for a stay at the beautiful Grand Hotel. Travel with us to southern Utah to witness the enormous, colorful, and unusual rock formations. Or join us on one of our many day trips. We're always on the go. Citizens National Bank. Banking never felt so good. Member FDIC. Attention service members and veterans. Introducing the Griffin Law Firm, your trusted ally in military legal matters. Whether it's fighting for your rights, navigating complex regulations, or seeking justice, at Griffin Law, your mission is their mission. Here's VFL Marshall Griffin. As a veteran and retired military attorney, I've successfully defended lifelong benefits and helped preserve professional futures. So I know that when you hire a military justice lawyer, you maximize your chance to get relief. With my unique experience, I can advocate for you because there's no military matter that's too big or too small. Let us help you make these critical decisions that could affect the rest of your life. Remain silent, request counsel, call Griffin Law. For a free consultation, call 888-707-4282. That's 888-707-4282. Or visit griffinlawdefense.com. Hey, I'm Smokey Bear, and I made an assistant to help you out, because only you can prevent wildfires. Hey, Assistant Smokey Bear, call me Papa Bear, because I'm grilling up dinner. <laughs> do you get it? Yes, good job. So, what should I do with all these coals? Don't just toss them out. Put them in a metal container because those embers can start a wildfire. I understand. The stakes are high. Ha, 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 ha. Learn more at SmokeyBear.com. Brought to you by the U.S. Forest Service, your state forester, and the Ad Council. Back here on Overtime on a wild Wednesday in college football. Let's hit the phones real quick before we get into Tennessee and Mississippi State. We got Jason on the line. What's up, Jason? Hey, what's going on, guys? How are you? Hey, doing good, man. Hey, a couple things. One, just about Saban, one of the things that I don't think people really truly appreciate about his career was when he got to Alabama, that place was a dumpster fire. Yeah. And uh, they lost to Louisiana Monroe. Yeah. And I, I remember that press conference. Uh, it, like, it was like a core memory for me. I, I remember listening to that press conference, and he was, 
He was saying, you know what, y'all are more concerned with the scoreboard. You're more concerned with the outcome and the record. Mm-hmm. He said, I'm more concerned about the process and what it takes to be excellent and elite. And he said, if we can focus on doing the little things that make you excellent and elite, the scoreboard and the outcome will take care of itself. What yeah. what a powerful lesson in leadership. Yeah. And, you know, he talked about there's only five things you can be when it comes to performance. You could be bad, average, good, excellent, or elite, and you get to choose that every day. Yeah. And what a just – he was an amazing leader – um, as a Tennessee fan, uh, as a lifelong Tennessee fan, of course you hate Alabama and uh, you just get sick and tired of watching them win under him. But, man, you just have to respect everything that he's been able to accomplish throughout his career, but especially there at Alabama. Yeah, and I think that quote you let off with is just incredible. It just is a uh, a product of everything he is about as a coach and as a leader and I think it says a lot, and even it's really a life lesson. You know, don't live in the moment necessarily to what's going on right now. Think about the process and what could be down the road. And I think, uh, I think that that uh, quote aged very well for Alabama's football program because after that, uh, there was a lot of success. And maybe in the moment, fans were mad and didn't know if Saban was going to be the guy and work out. Uh, but I, I bet now they uh, totally disagree with what they thought back then. Absolutely. And having been, uh, I, I took my son to the to the game in Tuscaloosa this year, and to watch those fans and listen to them talk, they are spoiled rotten. And I think they're about to be, they're about to be in for a rude awakening. And unless they hire the right person, they could find themselves wandering around in the desert at, uh uh, the desert trying to find the promised land again. And to Connor's point, uh, your previous caller, yeah, having been somebody who works uh, in in the business world and been consultant and coaching and stuff, I've helped um, companies actually transition and and uh, transition leadership okay. and uh, provide uh, succession planning. Unless you have it set up just right. Mm-hmm. In my experience, you never want to be the guy following the legend. Yeah. You want to be the guy following the guy. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Right? The, the life preserver, if you will. Yeah, right. Well, when Saban got there, like, like you really, as a leader, you want to go somewhere where your leadership is actually needed and required. And yeah. I think that was what was so attractive for that job for Saban. You know, it wasn't going well in Miami with the Dolphins. No. And that was a that was a uh, a high pressure place, but they had, you know had had uh, any success in years. Mm-hmm. So that was a perfect situation for him to go be the guy there. Yeah. So to follow somebody, you're going to have to have somebody with the ego of a Lanning or a Kiffin or somebody like that. Uh, it's going to be interesting to see who they get. But anyway, well. guys, um, hey. Congrats uh, on the show. Uh, really happy for you guys. And, um, hey, go Vols tonight. I think we win uh, pretty big running away. Yes. Hey, thank you so much for calling in. I appreciate you listening as well, Jason. Um, yeah, and, and talking about that Vols game, uh, with all the, the Saban news, we have not even talked about the Tennessee plays a basketball game <laughs> We tonight. still play basketball tonight, yeah. by the way, everybody. Yeah, so um, – Tennessee heads to Starkville tonight. The number 5 Tennessee Volunteers face off against the Mississippi State Bulldogs in the Vols' first SEC road test of the season. Both teams come in at 11-3 with the Vols boasting a 90-64 win over Ole Miss on Saturday while the Bulldogs drop their SEC home opener to South Carolina. Uh, the Kempom comparison between the two teams, Tennessee is ranked 5th overall, 23rd in adjusted offense, 2 in adjusted defense, Mississippi State, 28th overall, 76th in adjusted offense, 10th in adjusted defense. So, Dawson, I'll ask you this. Uh, what are you looking for from the Vols tonight in what on on paper is set to be a defensive matchup? I've got three, and I'll try to run through them quick. Um, for me, the first one is 
Zakai Ziegler. I want him to continue to to build back to what we know him to be. Uh, he performed very well against Ole Miss, I think, and now tonight a road test for him to run the offense, uh, be the, the the kind of poised point guard that we know him to be, uh, be a playmaker, open up the plays, keep the offense flowing, keep it moving, uh, even when you know maybe he has to do it himself. We've had, we've seen him do that in the past, and certainly he still can. Uh, but also continue to take shots. I want to see him continue to shoot, continue to make that shot better, especially from three. I know a lot of us are frustrated when he takes threes and misses them, but you know that's the only way you're going to get better is to continue to do it. Uh, and to continue to do that. I want to see more paint presence. I think sure. tonight's going to be huge on that. Yeah. Uh, Adu, 24 against Ole Miss. We cannot say enough about the improvement we've seen no. out of him this year. Uh, Awaka, 9 off the bench against Ole Miss as well. Yeah. 42 paint points for Tennessee against Ole Miss. Got to see that again, I think, tonight in what's going to be a game where points are at a premium uh, in a defensive struggle. And for me, the third one is Jordan Ganey. Okay. I want to see him buck the cold streak a little bit. He only shot the ball three times against Ole Miss, but he also only played 12 minutes. Uh, as you get into the tougher SEC games, you're going to need him more. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'd like to see him get in and, and be able to shoot the ball and shoot the ball well. Yeah, you mentioned Ganey, and I, I tend to agree. I think him and Connect have kind of, over this last five-game stretch, we've seen the emergence of Adu and Sakai Ziegler. But at the cost of that, we've seen Connect and Ganey kind of uh, not out of the rotation and out of the mix, but not being that same impact as they were at the beginning of the year. So what I'm looking to see, uh, first off, you mentioned Zakai Ziegler over these last four games, double digits and points. He's been great. And then also I want to see Dawn Connect get back involved. Uh, first nine games this season, averaging 30 minutes a game, 19 to, or 19.2 points per game, shot around 50% from the field goal and 40% from three. In these last five games, Guy's only averaging 20 20 minutes a night, uh, around 7.6 points per game, shooting the ball at a 32.4% clip and 26.7% from three. He's kind of got to get it rolling, and tonight against a really good defense, we might not get to see that, but I think he's got to get it going, uh, especially if we wanted to start you know, shying away from the conversation of, okay, is Connect really what we thought he was? Because at the beginning of the year, he was so good. Over these last couple of games, he hasn't been playing the same level. Is that a little too harsh? I no, I don't think so at all. I mean, from compared to what we saw, you know, at those those early season tournaments, especially. I mean, what a guy in the, on the road in Wisconsin, obviously, is probably his most impressive performance to this point. Yeah, I don't know if it's a confidence issue or what it is. I know he's been struck by injuries a couple times as well, and has kind of had his games cut short. Um, but if it's his mojo, if it's his confidence, you'd like to see him get it back. Maybe you try to do that tonight, especially if you get a lead in the game and, and if you can control the flow of the game. Uh, it's similar to Ziegler and Ganey, I think. Just keep shooting the ball. Yeah, Get it back. If that's what it is, if it's a confidence thing, uh, maybe you run plays around him, create plays for him, and that, that also runs into Zakai Ziegler as well. Yeah. Open up the floor so Connect can have some opportunities to get out of it. Um, I just want to see him be the guy that can get you a big bucket. Yeah. He doesn't have to drop 30 points a night, I don't think, on this team. This team has no. plenty of scores. Yeah. He has to be the guy that can get you the big buckets, the big moment buckets. He can take over a game, and if we can get that out of him, especially in games like tonight on the road, I think that would be a good sign for sure. Well, I'd call that the closer. I think every good team needs a closer at the NBA level, at the college level. If you have a good team and you don't have a closer, you're not winning games. Right. If you have a good team and a closer, you're a great team that could go far in a tournament or or, or beyond. And I think that Connect is that guy, and he's got to kind of get back in rhythm. I understand that they're probably – you know, defensives are now kind of throwing the best they've got at Connect. Big, lanky defenders um, that are able to kind of uh, match his length and, and size and mobility at his at his size. Um, but I, I think it's important to try and get him back involved. Um, I've loved what I've seen out of Ziegler, though. And he's a guy at the beginning of the season that was struggling as well. And he's got it rolling over these last four games. So it's not like Connect is, is not going to come back to form. Um, but I think, as you said, just getting those shots still, um, just kind of staying in rhythm. Uh, Tolu Smith on the other side for Mississippi State, he's a really, bu- a really good big. Uh, returned from injury two games ago in two games this season, averaging 15 points per game, seven rebounds, and shooting at a 82% clip from the field. Uh, that's Whew, pretty impressive. Now man. a lot of these shots coming inside. Um, but will Tolu Smith be too much for the Vols to handle in the interior? 
No, I don't think so. And this is why I made Jonas Adu and, and the paint presence one of my keys to, to tonight's game. Is You've seen so much improvement from him, really on both ends of the floor, I think. Um, and this is one of his biggest tests yeah. uh, by far. And if he can control a guy like Tolu Smith, that's a huge confidence boost for him. It's a confidence boost for us. We're able to see that we can lock these these big guys down and lock down the paint. And, you know, I don't think he's going to be too much to handle. I think it's more just going to be you have to manage his production. You know he's going to make plays. He's that type of player for Mississippi State. Uh, he loves to play inside, loves to play on the post. So for, for Adu and Owaka, I mean, this is a huge test for them. Going back to early in the season when we talked about they need to show that show us that they can do it tonight, what a huge opportunity it is for them. Yeah, I'd like to see the pick and roll in use as well. Now, I know Tolu Smith is a, a pretty mobile big, but um, you know, if you could get that rolling again where they're playing high on the shooters, get Jonas Adu back involved and make them kind of play down, and then you can get guys like Connect and Ganey more involved shooting the ball. And I, I think if Tennessee um, – I'll, I'll backtrack here. I think Tennessee showed on Saturday against Ole Miss they have more ways to win than just shooting and, and focusing on their uh, wing players and Viscovi and Ziegler and Connect. Getting guys like a walk-up, and Adu involved and winning a game by that margin they did on Saturday against a team that is was undefeated, might not have the best strength of schedule, but still winning 13 games out of 13 is very impressive. And I think um, Tennessee showed that there are, there's another way for Tennessee to win and there's another way for Tennessee to score if things go cold. And we saw last year a lot of times Tennessee would go cold, really didn't have that second option, didn't really have that, uh, that, that second way to score. Um, so I think they have that now, and um, against a really good defensive team tonight, having multiple ways to score I think will go a long way. Well, it felt like last year you weren't really one-dimensional. You could still score inside if you were Tennessee, but it wasn't like this season that we've seen with Adu where you can roll him off a pick. He's scoring 25, yeah. and we're utilizing that pick and roll. We weren't getting that last year. No. Um, so when the shots went cold and they weren't falling, you didn't have an offense. No, I mean, there was no production. No. So now that we have that, I mean, it really it shows how good this team can be offensively if everything's rolling right, uh, and even if the outside shots aren't falling, you have those options inside. You can still score. Yeah, eight six five five four six eight two zero zero. Your number if you want to hop in and be a part of our Wednesday night show, uh, breaking down Nick Saban's retirement, Vols and uh, Mississippi State playing tonight. A lot more coming up later in the episode. We're going to take a quick break, and we'll be right back for our best bets. Rogers Utility Solutions, a division of Rogers Hydrant Service, is a family-run Tennessee-based business since 2015. Now serving municipalities and residences in 14 states, Rogers offers fire hydrant flow testing, distribution flushing, and maintenance programs in accordance with ISO standards. Rogers also offers hydrant repair and installation, and they have the capability of repairing hydrants under pressure. For more information on Rogers' new sewer maintenance program, complete with mapping, cleaning, and camera inspecting, visit RogersHydrantService.com. Are you tired of looking at that piece of furniture that is wore down, but you don't want to get rid of it? Go see our friends at Sun Upholstery and Fabric. Locally and family owned and operated with over 67 years of combined experience. Located at 8913 Oak Ridge Highway. Give them a call today at 865-237-3272 or visit them online at fabricsun.com. That's fabricsun.com and be sure to tell Stan that you heard about him right here on Fan Run Radio. Attention service members and veterans, introducing the Griffin Law Firm, your trusted ally in military legal matters. Whether it's fighting for your rights, navigating complex regulations, or seeking justice, at Griffin Law, your mission is their mission. Here's VFL Marshall Griffin. As a veteran and retired military attorney, I've successfully defended lifelong benefits and helped preserve professional futures. So I know that when you hire a military justice lawyer, you maximize your chance to get relief. With my unique experience, I can advocate for you because there's no military matter that's too big or too small. Let us help you make these critical decisions that could affect the rest of your life. Remain silent, request counsel, call Griffin Law. For a free consultation, call 888-707-4282. That's 888-707-4282. Or visit griffinlawdefense.com. Ever been the coach who realized the team's gear just wasn't up to par? Well, if I'm being honest, that was me. Just a downright irresponsible and plain bad coach. Then SM Athletics changed the game. I want you to picture this. 
I walk into their store, a coach with a vision. SM Athletics didn't just see a coach. They saw a team's potential. And they delivered custom uniforms so striking. Our team's spirit soared. From cutting-edge apparel to top-notch equipment, SM Athletics transformed our presence. No more unreliable online orders or envying the other team's style. SM Athletics stands for quality, design, and on-time delivery every time. Coaches, elevate your team with SM Athletics. Call 865. 966-3434 or visit smathletics.com. Get the best for your team. Delivered right and on time. So, elevate your team's game by contacting SM Athletics today. Are you ready to elevate your driving experience? Then you need to head over to your hometown dealership, Parkside Kia, home of the lifetime warranty. Discover the latest Kia cars and SUVs where technology meets style. Our friendly staff is here to make your car buying experience a breeze. Don't wait. Visit Parkside Kia today and drive home in the Kia of your dreams. Check them out online at parksidekia.com and visit their showroom at 9929 Parkside Drive. Parkside Kia, where your journey begins. Welcome back into a Wednesday on Overtime, a wild Wednesday. So much big news coming down. But, hey, it's time for our best bets of the night. Uh, last night, I went 2-0. and Dawson, 0-2. Yeah, not even close. Went, hey, but look, really you, you left room for improvement. That's good. I did. Um, I think Jace went 0-2 as well. So, opportunities for both of y'all to back, uh, bounce back. Jace will be back with us tomorrow night. Um, so, Let's go. Let's do uh, one and one. So I'll do one. You do one. We'll go back and forth. Uh, my first one tonight is Clemson minus two against Virginia Tech. Now Clemson has dropped back-to-back games against Miami and North Carolina, two really good teams. But Clemson is a really good basketball team led by PJ Hall, a, a very good center that is uh, lengthy, gets a lot of rebounds, and can store. Can, can, excuse me, can score at will. And Virginia Tech is getting two points at home. Virginia Tech, to me, is not that good of a team. And I think that Clemson is is getting kind of uh, gypped here because of their losing streak they're on. But I think Clemson's by far the better team. Give me the minus two tonight. Yeah, good call. Actually, I, I saw them at minus one and a half. Minus, I was looking, okay. and that would be even better if you yeah. could get it at, at minus one and a half. For me, uh, my choice tonight in college basketball is North Carolina minus three and a half uh, against NC State. North Carolina, a couple big wins over the past couple weeks. They're on a four-game win streak, uh, coming off win against that Clemson team, which you mentioned. Yeah. Um, NC State, a couple of rough efforts here over the last couple weeks, failed to cover against St. Louis and Detroit Mercy, both at home, uh, coming off a couple of losses and an ugly conference win against Notre Dame. I mean, really ugly 54 52 uh unc they're on a, a roll right now they're a good team for a reason i think they go on the road give them give them three and a half i give them actually about five on that one yeah so my next one is syracuse minus four now this is a battle of a couple of teams that don't play a lot of defense but that home court advantage that syracuse has in the uh it's no what do they call it now isn't the rma dome something like that yeah, yeah they, I, I they got renamed um yeah, let's see. Yeah, the excuse me, the JMA Wireless Dome. Um, I know it is the Carrier Dome. Yeah, Carrier Dome. That's yeah. what it is. That's what it should be. Uh, but yeah, I've got them at minus four tonight. Um, at playing at home, they've got a little bit of momentum over the past couple weeks. Won their last four out of five. Uh, give me Syracuse at home against a Boston College team that I think is being a little over evaluated here. I'm going back to the NBA. The Orlando Magic did not do me any favors last yeah. night. They, in fact, it was not even close. So, no, uh, no. But I'll try it again. I'll take yeah. another crack at it. Uh, I'll Give me San Antonio okay. away at the Detroit Pistons tonight. It's minus three and a half. No Cade Cunningham for Detroit tonight. No Isaiah Stewart for Detroit tonight. Yeah. Uh, San Antonio, for the most part, full strength. Uh, and obviously, we know what Victor Weminyama is. And we also see what the Pistons do without Cade, and that is lose by 20-plus on home court last night to the Sacramento Kings. So, yeah. I will uh, take the Spurs. They got to snap a losing streak tonight, but uh, minus three and a half seems like a good bet with no cutting in. Yeah, these are uh, San Antonio, Detroit is a battle of uh, two really bad teams. <laughs> um, yeah, wow. Uh, so, all right, so here we go. Let's recap real quick. Uh, UNC minus three and a half for Dawson. San Antonio minus three and a half for Dawson. You like that number, it seems, tonight. Um, Syracuse minus four for me. Clemson minus two for me as well in college basketball. So three college basketball bets and one NBA bet tonight. Those are our best bets 
of the night here on overtime. Now, about seven minutes away now till tip-off between Tennessee and Mississippi State. Um, Tennessee is averaging 81.1 points per game during its seven-game winning streak entering tonight's tilt with the Mississippi State Bulldogs. Uh, Bulldogs are attempting to avoid 0-2, an 0-2 start in SEC play. And I think a lot of what we talked about in that earlier segment, or really I should say last segment, um, about getting Ziegler back involved, getting Jordan Ganey involved more, um, and seeing if Connect can get that uh, get that stroke back. I think this is going to be a battle of two really good defensive teams, probably could be in the low scoring um, so if you wanted to take the under, maybe uh, look at that. I think it's a 137 and a half, kind of an ugly number. But um, also another concern I have is Tennessee playing on the road. And sometimes last year we saw Tennessee, uh, as, as we thought was a really good team, you know, we'd get wins at, uh, against Texas and Alabama at home, and then you'd go on the road and you're like, oh, what the hell is this? You know, uh, everyone remembers that Vanderbilt game last year, oh. losing on the road to Vanderbilt. So let's hope, let's hope tonight that uh, the start of SEC road play does not bring back any prior road play in the past couple seasons because, uh, quite frankly, I don't think Mississippi State's a very good team. Uh, they lost to a 13-1 and South Carolina team, which is uh, – I had to double-check today that they're actually 13-1. and I've not kept up with South Carolina this year. Um, but that game was kind of ugly for both teams, and uh, I guess that's how kind of the play style Mississippi State plays with, kind of mucks it up. And, uh, and tries to beat you defensively. But um, I think Tennessee, as we mentioned earlier, they've got the perimeter shooting, got the guys on the wings that can win you a game. But also on Saturday, we saw that there are other ways to win with Tobey Awaka and Jonas Adu getting it done in the post. So quick prediction real quick. Uh, I guess you can give me a score prediction if you want. Oh, man, this is going to be a really ugly game. Uh, I'll take Tennessee like 65-58. 65-58. Okay, I like that. I'm going to go in the the 61-55 to 55 range. We'll say that's, that's the number here. I think it's going to be one of those games where you get two really good defensive teams, two well-coached teams, um, and it's going to come down to perimeter shooting, I think, in that second half. Who's able to kind of make that run? And I think Tennessee's more well-equipped to do just that. All right, that's enough for our number one here on this Wednesday night of overtime. We'll be right back in the next hour to talk about Pete Carroll and more.